0: All right. I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo, our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in. Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital is the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs.
1: This week, we're just going to jump into some stories that are just too big to waste any time on. The first one is about the, the deep fake cheer mom.
0: Yeah, this was a story that we talked about because at the time it was pretty ridiculous, and there was a lot of people talking about it. So just to fill back in on people who have forgotten about it, what happened was that allegedly there was a cheer mom who had created some deep fake videos of her daughter's competitors on the local cheer squad, because the video showed the competitors doing things that they should not have been. And so this would get them kicked off the team. And so therefore the woman's daughter could, Part of the team
1: Yeah this was a 17 year old she was caught on video Smoking from a Vape pen and She the little girl even Went on good morning America saying I was shocked and surprised because I would Never do something like that this Whole thing built And built and built and And so The police went after The This other girl's mom arrested her and accused her of creating a deep fake video to get her child on the cheerleading squad. She denied and denied and denied. I didn't do that. I wouldn't know how to do that. And it
0: turns out that at the time, a lot of deep fake experts actually were agreeing with her that the way that the smoke cloud moved across the video was one of the dead giveaways that. At that point in time, and even today, deep fake technology is not quite that good. And it's definitely not that good if you're, you know, a random person on the street who isn't an expert in this field and doesn't know all the ins and outs of this, the techniques and the te- technology. And so there's no way that the mom could have made these videos. And it turns
1: out that she didn't. The girl actually did hit the vape pen. And so she went on to confess and now the mom who was initially accused of being the deep fake cheer mom is actually suing the other family for all kind of whatever and we're not a legal show we're not going to get into all that but it brought up the idea of okay with deep fakes with In all of the capabilities that we now have, can you really believe your lying eyes? And this is
0: important because it's especially difficult in a court setting. And this is what's been called the liar's dividend because the attorney only has to cast doubt into the jury. It is the job of the attorney to simply say – can you prove that that video is not a deep fake? Can you prove that video is a deep fake? Because now the possibility exists that it could be false, or the possibility exi- there's just this whole other category. And if you don't have an expert on retainer, if you don't have someone who could come in and very clearly explain to the jury why this video is down to certain pixels made up, or maybe that video really did take place. This just creates a whole nother layer of doubt, which prior to this creation of this technology didn't exist. And this could blow up a lot of cases where it
1: really doesn't belong. Deep fakes and just videos in general, you're going to have a 50-50 chance going forward as to whether or not it's true whether or not it's real because the technology has gotten so good if you're not sitting there in person watching it there is now the the doubt the serious doubt is that really real we talked about it a couple of weeks ago the the joe biden shaking abraham lincoln's hand video well of course that's not real is it
0: yeah (laughs) and i the story goes on to say that oh well the onus is on lawyers and law enforcement to refrain from deploying deep fake arguments because a deep fake head fake may result in a short term victory, but the undermining of reality risks fundamentally damaging the public's confidence in the legal system. And I just am not trusting that that lawyer who needs to win that just this one case, I'll just use it this one time, and then the lawyer in the, the town, one town over, says, oh, I just need to win this one case. And you play that game all the way around. And here we are in the case, in the, the outcome, wherever no one can trust anything anymore because we have created technology which is too powerful and we are not ready for
1: it. And we've talked about how you know, there's going to be new jobs in the future, that jobs that didn't exist A year ago, two years ago, well, here's a new job in the new technology world. I'm a deepfake expert, or I'm a deepfake expert debunker.
0: Yeah, as an expert
1: witness. Yep. But it's time to go on to the big story. The big story this week happens to revolve around Google and the USA versus Google antitrust lawsuit. A week ago,
0: whenever we talked about this case, we really didn't like the US government's position on it. We said that it felt kind of weak and that Google maybe had the upper hand. Google had a bad week and all of a sudden, the things might be shifting here. And it begins with Microsoft CEO, Sacha Nadella, who was all too happy to sit there and point out some of the flaws with Google's
1: large amounts of power. Satya said that it's a nightmare scenario for the internet if Google's dominance in online search is allowed to continue. Now, he didn't say that Microsoft would do a better job with all of that data or all of that capabilities, but he certainly didn't want Google to remain 90% of all searches.
0: Yes, he testified on Monday as part of the U.S. government's antitrust trial. And that's pretty interesting whenever the CEO of the rival company is willing to go before Congress and the courts and say, this is a problem. And I I love the feud aspect of this. I love the, the rivalry here, especially because he makes some pretty compelling
1: arguments. Yeah, he's testified that every year since he's been CEO at Microsoft, that he has unsuccessfully tried to get Apple to switch their search away from Google as its default search partner. He he wants wants Microsoft to be that that search partner and spend maybe fifteen billion dollars a year to do it, but he's just been very unsuccessful getting them to move off of Google.
0: Yeah, and it really comes down to how big search is as a category. Nadella said that I see the largest software category out there by far as search. He said, I used to think of Windows and Office as attractive businesses until I saw search. And wow, whenever the CEO of Microsoft is saying, man, I thought that Windows and Office were good. And then I realized how great Google had it. Boy, he is out there going
1: after Google. Nadala even said that he had tried uh, to get uh, Apple to to be to let Microsoft become Apple's default search engine. And then the lawyers asked him how to go, and Nadala said, "Not well, because the economics for Google are they're very, very favorable for Apple." And he said, "If if Apple was mm-hmm. afraid to switch from Google because." All of the services that Google has and what they would do if how much it would cost Apple if Google left.
0: Yes, there is the crux of the argument that we had not heard yet. Nadella said, what if Google used all of those services like Gmail, like YouTube to promote people to download Chrome, thus bypassing Safari? That fear, Nadala claims, keeps Apple and Google together as much as anything else. That is a crushing blow that no one had articulated yet. And that all of a sudden makes the U.S. government's case far better than anything else I'd heard so far.
1: Yeah, this is one of those things where it just really, really is great entertainment to sit back with a box of popcorn, watching the movie play out in front of you. And this is just the opening scene of the movie. I mean, we haven't even met the Bond villain yet or seen the Bond girls. This is the first scene where they're falling out of an airplane or something.
0: Yeah, because Nadal had some other really fascinating quotes. He said that they were willing to hide the Bing variant in Apple's user search engine and respect any of the company's privacy wishes. So urgent was his need to get more data at any cost. He said, defaults are the only thing that matters in terms of changing user behavior. He called the idea that it's easy to switch bogus. So this is fascinating on two fronts. One, because Google's whole argument was that, oh, they're just the default, users could switch at any point in time, which seems to be pretty damaging for Google, But his follow-up statement is, we should be the default. We should be the ones with the monopoly, not Google. And so that's maybe not quite as
1: promising, but it shows the value of it. And when the Justice Department asked him about that, he said, look, the best example is Apple Maps. He said it started out really, really bad, but it has continued to gain market share because it's pre-installed on every phone, people use it. It's the default. So as bad as Apple Maps are, Google Maps and Ways are so much better. But because it's there, buried in the iPhone, people are going to use Apple Maps, and that's why and we would like to get Microsoft into the iPhone as the default search engine.
0: Yeah, the power of the the default settings in your computer is one of the central questions at the entirety of this case. And it'll be really fascinating to see if the U.S. government rules on something like this, because statements about what the default settings have to look like would have sweeping changes across the entirety of the tech landscape. So many things that we use are built under the assumption that there is some pre-installed software And if the U.S. government says that deals to become the default, whatever it is, search engine, WordPress, you name it, there's a deal for it. If those are monopolistic, boy, that turns a lot of things upside down.
1: Just like with Windows, you get your Windows computer and you open it up and the first thing is. Microsoft Edge is the default browser. Oh, you want Google Chrome? You have to use your Edge browser to go download Chrome. You can't get Chrome loaded in a Windows computer. You can't get Safari either, preloaded. You have to go and make it a download and then you have to set it as your default. Remind me, you were the expert who was
0: covering tech back then. What happened with Microsoft and Netscape
1: back in the early 2000s? Well, Microsoft got blown up in court and they lost. So they had to no longer say that Internet Explorer was a default part of Windows. They had to make it a separate browser and you could then use a different browser if you wanted. Boy, that sounds
0: a little bit like what's happening here. If the US government is able to build a case that is in a lot of ways reflective off that Microsoft Internet Explorer Netscape case, now all of a sudden the pieces are coming together. That's a much more interesting case. And oh, by the way, that's not even the biggest part of the case from the past week.
1: No, we had, if for those of you old enough to remember the Perry Mason moment, somebody was testifying, and there was a quick little slide that went up and talked about the the 10 blue links, and then it was talking about you know Google greediness. Google manipulates prices in search.
0: This is so fascinating. So Google does what it's called semantic matching, which, okay, makes a lot of sense. What they do is they read your query and they sit there and try and find related words. So if you wrote children's clothing, it also thinks you want kids wear. Totally normal, totally natural. That is something that I would want. However, as part of Google's Project Mercury, which is an attempt for them to make more money, they didn't just do semantic matching, they did a full replacement search. So if you typed in children's clothing, they wouldn't just also add kids wear, they would change it to a specific brand of kids wear. And that specific brand was paying
1: Google money to be the default result and all these changes were happening behind the actual query and you didn't know it most of the times you certainly didn't notice that the the what you had put in the, your search had changed but it did and oh by the way you can't flick a switch and say don't do the the, the query change it just happens in the background you can't undo google is is doing when they're changing the search results.
0: As you pointed a Perry Mason moment, that is might be case breaking. That moment alone is so powerful because it shows what Google is doing as a monopolistic behavior. If they are able to change your search results without you knowing in order to make more money off of the results they're showing you, that... I'm not a lawyer. I can't tell you what law that they are breaking, but ooh, that feels illegal. I'm again not the lawyer here. Not going to be able to point to statutes. Not going to be able to give you case numbers. But if you're trying to say that Google was has a very strong reason to change their practices, this is it.
1: This is the smoking gun for me. This system is guaranteed to hurt everybody except google the system it reduces search quality for users and it drives up the advertisers cost and google can get away with it because they're manipulating so many of these searches a day to the tune of billions of manipulation changes daily oh by the way google has 90% market share so what are you going to do
0: yeah, it's unclear for how often or how long this has been going on. It's brilliant. You, you know, when you take a step back and you don't think about all the ramifications of it, you got to hint to them. They did something incredibly creative here. But oh, by the way, when you start to think about the implications of all of it, this is really evil. And even if Google somehow manages to win the antitrust case, You have to think that this is going to add more evidence in the pile that they need regulations.
1: The next time you Google something, remember that you're getting search results that have been skewed, not to help you find what you're looking for, but to boost Google's profits. That is such
0: a good line. It is so incredibly damaging. And it's only been one week. We are not deep into this case. And... Oh, man, this is already revealing a tremendous amount of information. It's changing my opinion on Google in some ways. And I was someone who was pretty positive on Google. And I have to say, I am just less positive on Google now. These are, are real meaningful things that feel completely illegal or they should be illegal.
1: If you want to know how big of a story this is, we didn't talk about artificial intelligence once in this whole show.
0: Yeah, we very much could have, but this was bigger than that.
1: And to think, here's the 900-pound gorilla that is just owning the jungle, and all of a sudden they're being challenged by somebody bigger than Google, and that's the U.S. government.
0: I am so excited for the US government to finally do something about it. We've been hearing story after story for year after year. And my two questions are one, what happens in the rest of this trial? And then two, what happens in the Amazon trial? Because that's coming up and I cannot wait to learn more about it. And I cannot wait to talk more about it here on Tech Gumbo.
1: And we wanna thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year whether you need new IT services new technology or you just have a question visit us on the web at dot com. and if you enjoyed our show today we're here on talk 1073 FM every Saturday at four and the show will rerun Sunday at 4 if you missed any part of our show or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes check out our podcast which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.